Welcome back to another edition of Card Authority, Melbourne Cup Eve. Oh, James, you spent literally three hours playing with our camera today. And I still wasn't happy wow. that we started the stream. But now I'm happy. All right, welcome now everyone I'm to Card Authority. Happy. Fantastic to be here on a Monday night. We're in freedom here in Melbourne. Freedom? Freedom. Jenks, how are you, sir? It's been the first week of freedom. It's been weird. It's been a bit strange, a bit of a strange... I went to Bunnings yesterday, and it's like, fuck, who are all these people? Yeah, where did all these people come from? It but, was uh, a bit bizarre. The weather's been pretty good as well, so that's yep. always helps. But uh, it's been, yeah, it's been good out there, and it's been good out there in Cardland as well. Absolutely, and the weather has been good. And, you know, I guess the, the true sign that we know that, I guess it's hot, is the minx just rocks up in shorts. Yeah. and He's, he's loving wearing these muscle tops. Yeah. For those who don't know, the Minx is uh, is a gentleman by the name of Matus who works for us. Yep. And, uh, yeah, he's got all guns blazing. He looks forward all year round to the hot seasons, to the sunny seasons. So. Yeah, I'll, let, I'll let him be the sex symbol of uh, RGB and Card Authority. But anyway, we digress. G'day, Pete. How are you, Cameron? Um, thank you, everyone, for jumping on. All the numbers are streaming in. Obviously, it's been a big couple of weeks since we've been on board. Um, you know, things have started to... To I wouldn't say cool a little bit. Well, I mean they've cooled a little bit with Optimum. It feels like people are getting stabilized. Um, yep, it feels like it's been sort of five or six weeks now since Optimum's been. Yep. Is it six weeks? Uh, I think it's six weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty much about six weeks since Optimum came out. Yep. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's kept going full pelt really the whole time. Absolutely, we've seen all those usual traditional things that sort of take place around new releases, but we've just seen it all happen probably a lot quicker mm. but we've also seen the demand for the cards stick around for a lot longer which probably rep is representation of how many people are actually involved in the hobby now there's so many more people constantly coming in and looking for cards as well absolutely so, yeah. and, and we certainly notice when we do a lot of our data planning we we sort of look at it cycles and blocks and we sort of allow for two or three weeks kind of for a cycle oh. after release yeah and we both said multiple times it felt like it pushed out five or six weeks this time correct yeah absolutely. so um, it's going harder, it's going faster, and it's going longer, which yep. is great for the sustainability of the community. Yep. And, you know, as I've used the term before, the business of cards, yeah. whether it's breakers or hobby shops or eBay stores or yep. whatever it is, everyone seems to be getting a longer run in it, which is great. Yep. G'day, Mason. G'day, Robin. Hey, Cam, Stevens, Pete Buchanan. Welcome oh, on board. Glenny, Joe. Yeah, welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Um, Optimum, you know, as we've talked about on to absolute no end is a fantastic product that you know i feel like they've kind of even you know broken the mold a little bit it's going to be hard to to match that in a series two product again well, with it, the value and also what's in it don't touch the camera to, sorry oh. um i i feel like it's a it's select is definitely putting themselves into a interesting situation here yep because their plan moving forward has to be to keep along that same path you yeah, can't, can't come to backwards. the market and set set an expectation moving forward of you know uh, you know how loaded a product can be or how much value can be extracted out of a product in terms of the numbered cards the structuring of the numbering and the sequences and the subsets and everything else so yep. it's an interesting situation but at the same time maybe they want to have that situation where 2021 was a year where a type of product came out that may never be seen again i don't know that makes no no sense it, it, no it doesn't no, I, I can't, I can't imagine people that look back on series it. i think you can look back on certain series where 
card companies and especially select did something a particular time around for one or two years mm -hmm. and created something in a product that they, you don't see it then take place for another 10 years or 15 years when it gets reintroduced again and therefore that series is historically valued a lot higher and has been more sure. desirable almost like a legacy compared to say certified for example you know yeah for sure where, where legacy is just so much more highly regarded probably than certified even though certified has the influentials but those hall of fame signatures make that series so desirable you know yeah so, for sure go kevin shane kane daniels oh also evil breaker dale from cherry yeah hello dale um yeah good day everyone welcome on board shane good to see you in the chat yep um definitely you, you brought brought a good rumor to the fore today uh, we'll talk about that later yeah, so we'll talk about that um but you you make a good point but i guess overall what we've certainly noticed with select is that every release there seems to have been a real shift 12 months There's ago a trend over the last and 12 months yeah. the bar of where they've done releases before across different series so even just let's say footy stars yeah footy stars was relatively a low bar this year they raised it yeah you know prestige they raised every it. release everything is raising so if you can constantly continue to have that trend where they're adding yeah he's very bright isn't he, he i said before he's got shiny skin dribbler um you know the if they can continue to raise and keep adding to a foundation, look, you're yep. never going to hit the fence and swing for the fence every single time. But if you can keep adding and building to Momento, um, it's a fantastic thing. Absolutely. Which obviously then is a lovely segue and a, a pleasant surprise that we saw today, the announcement of Supremacy yep. 2021. So it seems on trend with what Select's been doing, an announcement for an announcement. Mm. It's an announcement for an announcement. So they, yep. did, they did that obviously with... Um, with optimum so it's good to see that again and hopefully that gives us a bit of an idea as to structure and what's about to sort of take place here so what do you know i mean only what you tell me being the owner of select but um the short answer is not much um i my best guess is that the announcement that we're seeing will be the video previews and i'm guessing they'll use the wonderful lynn gilmartin again um and they will no doubt run either a day of previews or a series of previews it seems like they're going along a little bit of a trend now where they're doing a day of previews or a session rather than dragging it out yeah over they do the, the previews the information yep. the on sale details the pricing details and what they now seem to refer to as what the, the dispatch date or the shipping date the shipping date the yeah. shipping date so we've noticed with select they've transitioned from no longer putting out official release dates yep. it's now shipping dates and i suppose that's probably conducive to how they release the product to market the way product tends to work with retail but also the scc which is you know really when anyone who signed up for the scc for the inaugural scc Oh, was, Marty made a good one was, and the checklist and the checklist yeah that's yep, right, Marty. Good call, yeah. Marty, yep. yeah so anyone that signed up for the SEC I think at the time the rationalization was I will sign up for the SEC so when the day comes of supremacy comes out I can get my box of supremacy yep now we've seen the huge bonuses and the huge benefits that people have already received from having the SEC and I don't personally think it's in the way of the hat but certainly in the way of access to both prestige and then optimum just seeing what the the perceived and extracted and therefore secondary market value of a box of optimum and prestige where people have got their value in spades supremacy has very much become a a big bonus there. absolutely and so. i completely agree Gribbler. the 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 videos that now they're doing and obviously look lynn you know we all know i know lynn um she's a 
probably a driving force at really raising the bar again. And that's what we're in terms really of the content of delivery and absolutely. the delivery and the professionalism, yep. all those sorts of stuff. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely no longer amateur hour and they're really being, you know, the flagship card community that they are or card publisher that they are. Yeah. So absolutely. Look, you know, I, I don't, know anything officially you know obviously i'll send jenks an email later on to find more stuff out but yeah um i think best guess is we're going to know release date checklist pretty much the 13th checklist yeah all the information is going to come out there whether that means that it's a week away after that two weeks three weeks four weeks whatever it might be um you know we all know there's global logistics issues not only here in australia but also um internationally yeah um you know it might be two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, who knows? But I imagine we're all going to have a lot of answers. And also, you know, there's so many rumors going around about, you know, what's the makeup of the series, how much yeah. it's going to cost, all yeah. those sorts of things. I'm guessing all those answers are going to be given to us on 13th by Lynn. Yeah. And uh, guys, if you're, there's obviously quite a lot of people on stream at the moment. So lots of rumors floating around. And if, thank you. And thank you, Danny. Yeah. If you do want to throw anything into the comments, feel free to do so, guys. Obviously, happy to chat about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I might even kick it off here. Well, one of the early rumors about this release, mm-hmm. and I do believe it's confirmed because we saw photos and the photos were, were leaked yep. all over the place a couple of months ago, is that Josh Dacos is a franchise future signature yep. for Collingwood, which is already a huge, that that's huge. Like for Collingwood, obviously oh. we know the Dacos name, the Dacos brand and yep. the Diarcos aspect of Dacos and everything that goes with it. Is is that to you already showing a sign that it's very well thought out and it's not something that was say working two years in advance necessarily here? It's probably something that's been more developed over the last maybe six to nine months. Uh look, my gut feeling is probably not six to nine months. Okay. Only because we all know and we've talked about this on end, the logistics of yep. doing things. Yeah. You know, if Josh Dacos was signing things at the start of the year, which is when that picture came out. I'm just hearing here Squid from Supreme Breaks is saying that Zach Butters confirmed franchise yeah, future as well. Yeah, so Zach Butters confirmed for the franchise So, future, so straight yeah. away, and I saw somewhere too today maybe that um, one of the Brisbane guys, I can't remember who it was, Zach Bailey maybe, that I saw that on a thread somewhere might be one right. of the Brisbane signatures. Yeah. So already right there, if those three, we know Dacos is, is right, Yeah. you know, that's three fantastic ticks yeah. for player selection. Yeah. and. You know, clearly they named Dacos in the marquees for footy stars this year. Yeah, that's right. I felt actually the marquees were really good this year yeah, for footy stars. Yeah. Um, they nailed the kids, which they would have done in six months earlier. Yeah. So even if they've started to put this set together 12 months ago, clearly already the player selection is going to be sharp, but we're not going to know that till the final checklist comes through. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, here's another rumor that's come through, which we have heard this one from burn i'm hearing five cards 350 dollars. is that right um we've heard that rumor too yeah that, so that rumor seems to have done the rounds for a little while yeah, now, at has, least yeah. the last couple of months that they were going to reduce the amount of cards per box yep. lower the price point of the box which would increase the overall price and therefore increase yep. the amount of boxes it, it, I, I don't know i'm interested to see i don't think that is necessarily the right thing to do i, I think if anything, maintain consistency with what people are getting out of the product. So those who opened yep. it, and I was one of those people that was fortunate enough in 2019 to open a bit of supremacy. Yep. I, I, I would hate to have it watered down. I've got no issue seeing other products that are 
you know, brilliance type of products or heritage type of products, which are one or two per package. But I really think a precedent was set. So I'd like to see that continued. Obviously, time will tell. Well, I could see that there's two trains of thought, and that's just my guess, is that you either keep things consistent, yeah. which they have a trend of continuing to be consistent, yeah. or you deal with market demand, which is the only way we can create more boxes yeah. is by altering something like that idea of five cards, 350. Yeah. My gut feeling is I agree with you. I think yeah, I just don't think it, it, it'll, it'll yeah. stay traditional. Yeah. The rumor has circulated yeah. a lot. I don't think, uh, it's certainly an unconfirmed rumor at this well, point. Ty Tyrone's here saying, is it 10 cards or $600 a box, a decent guess or too low? I mean, the price is as good a guess as ours. I think it was yeah. $500 a box last time. So it was 500 time. last time a box, but we're talking about a totally different time period. Yeah. So and prices you know, have moved for all the releases. Prices have moved in terms yeah. of singles growth, but also the box boxes growth in terms of value of boxes, and also I think the willingness for people to pay a little bit more. We saw an increase in the box in the box price of Optimum. Yep. And a, a lower volume of packets, but we saw the extracted what I would call the extracted value that comes out of the box far exceed what you would ever have got out of a series two at thirty six packets anyway. Sure. So I would think that. Look, the real structure and trend line behind Select for the last 12 months is they have a very, very good grasp and understanding of the market conditions, the conditions of the hobby, where the collectors are at, where the business side of things is at. And as a result of that, they understand the concept of numbering and short print outside of signatures is what makes cards unique. And we've seen yep. that in Prestige. We've seen it in Optimum. We saw it in Footy Stars to start with. Supremacy was really the first series that started that trend off for AFL in 2019 yep. because it was the first series where every card was numbered. Yeah. So I would like to think two years later and everything they've done in between that they know what they're doing here. They know how to create a product and they know that the product people will pay a bit more because that's where the market's at. You don't want to undervalue the box either. No. Do you know what no I mean? If you could open a box of Supremacy in 2019 and 2019 prices, you were getting five hundred to a thousand dollars out of a box. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Everyone knows now, based on those values, you pack those same ten cards back into a box and you open it now, yep. and you're getting fifteen hundred to two thousand, most likely coming Absolutely. out of that box. Yep. So that's the reality of if it. If they did six base cards again, this is from Gat. If they did six base cards again, will they use a few of the same players from Series One, i.e., Dusty? My guess is, of course, they would. They're going to pick the players that people want and want to collect. Um, I don't know how much crossover there will be in signatures, but let's use Dusty as your example. I would be shocked if they didn't do a Dusty base card. Yeah. Um, you know. There's some great questions. Yeah, I'm going to get through these. Um, Wayne Anderson here, are select only catering for breakers? Well, I would say this is probably the most non-catered product for breakers. I don't know how many boxes are going to get released, but I, at a guess, it's probably going to be like one per person. And there's one to two per person would be yeah, where it's and, at. and there's going to be no wholesale. So, you know, the only way breakers and obviously is buying up the secondary market. Buying secondary market yeah, and there's just certainly a lot happening off. There's no doubt about that. Of course. And, you know, everyone knows we are involved in a breaking business, but, you know, 80% of the stock that we use for our breaking business, we've bought at double the price on the secondary market. Yeah, that's right. And that, that's just so, the nature of it. At the end of the day, though, it's being fueled by what the what the consumers want and what people want at the end of the day. Good question here from Dale. Will Jenks have a sig in there? Look, Dale, where we can only talk about 
We can only say rumors are confirmed when we've confirmed them. So that one remains unconfirmed at this stage. Uh, we'll leave that as unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. Uh, Ramage won't be $500 anymore. What's your thoughts on the timing and being so close to Series 2? Yeah. Um, look, I think that this is just a guess. I think Optimum was probably delayed. We all know it was yeah, delayed. It was delayed because yeah. they, they went... You, well, it was probably a couple of weeks late. You would think so. It um, felt that way. And we don't know when Supremacy will come out. Is it going to be November? Is it going to be December? I guess we'll find that out on the 13th. Yeah. Generally, it's kind of a couple of months after Series 2, which will sort of be where it lies. I think it probably feels a bit closer because of the delays and COVID yeah. and stuff like that. Um, again, don't know the answer to that, but... I think there is always going to be an appetite. And as I mentioned just before about Wayne, you know, I find it highly unlikely that we're going to be able to buy 20 cases like we could in series so, one. So here's the thing. And I think I think Daniel's point's a really, really good one. And I yep. think it's a really it's a great question and it's a great talking point. I know it's been discussed a fair bit and it continues to be discussed release by release. The issue of fatigue is certainly something that there needs to be significant consideration for. And AJ and I tend to have I wouldn't say differing opinions on this, but we, we we have different rational responses to each other, more so probably AJ to me in terms of my thoughts. Because I, I have this real concern as well, Daniel, that if releases and things are too close together at a time where the price is continuing to rise, then the cost of engaging, so the cost of collecting or the cost of buying or the, the cost of engaging with trading cards overall becomes a more expensive proposition in, in a broad form, in a, in a totality, I suppose, on what someone can spend. So that means the more releases and the shorter the intervals, the more pressure it puts on people. However, the counterbalance to that is exactly what AJ just said now and what he said to me privately as well when we talked about it earlier, is that the access to buy the stock first up because the demand is so high there's such significant limitations on it. So rather than someone going and spending the two or 3,000 or 1,000 or whatever it may be, buying multiple boxes of something or cases in traditional form, the limitations are now there. So people can't spend that money first up. And as a result, that they then spread the money they would have spent first buying singles, breaks, whatever else. There's no doubt it's more expensive now and it costs more money to be involved in trading cards than what it did six months ago, 12 months ago, and certainly two years ago. But I suppose it's just adaptation. And I would, and again, to sort of agree with what you just said in your summary, that there are so many more people that want cards. And yes, there's a, a thirst for breakers and also people to go in breaks, yeah. but also on a collector level, you know, we know purely from our eBay store, the amount of people that are buying cards that we do not know or have seen in any of the groups across the network. Yeah. There is this whole world of card collecting out there. That's right. And hunger and thirst that we just don't see. So and, and we've talked about it like eBay is such a great example. Yeah. For anyone who sells, I wouldn't even say a power seller, but anyone who sells a bit of a bit of stock, a bit of card singles on eBay, you would notice that 95% of the names you see buying cards off you, you haven't seen them across any of the Facebook groups that combined would have you know five or six thousand people between them and you just don't see those names anymore yep. card collecting goes well well beyond the realm that most of the people who are watching live with us right now are engaged in 
Yep. Um, so it's well, not it's a, definitely a bubble. Yeah, it, there's, it, a, there's a Facebook right, a bubble. bubble. There's a yep. Facebook bubble, absolutely. So yep. it's not a proper. You can look at things even like Ozcard Trader, which have have, have a audience to themselves yep. that don't go anywhere else too. Yep. You know, you've got people on Facebook that are on Ozcard, but then there's people on Ozcard that are, are not on Facebook, and your Facebook credentials in terms of a transaction just won't stack up. So, and the good point there from Daniel Inglis there, trading with unknowns has gone through the roof in my world. Yeah, and I would completely agree with that, Daniel. I've done so many trades this um, this release with people that I don't know and I haven't dealt with before. Yeah. Um, and, and trading has become more prevalent. And I think we said sure. that's what we thought would happen as the price of cards increases to purchase yep. and the box value pushes up as well. Well, the general thing that's going to happen there is more trading needs to take place because if you're not getting the sale done, you're then getting the trade done. Yep. And we always talk about it's all good and proper for the price of cards to go up, but there's only so many people who can pull the trigger at certain price points. Absolutely. That, you know, without it being a really specific decision that takes time to make, you know, yep. there's only so many people that when they see a card pop up for a thousand plus dollars, that they can buy it without thinking about if they can buy it. Yeah. And, and that's what, what keeps the market churning around and, ke and keeps it going yep. and keeps it in check, you would say as well. Yeah, um, I did hear uh, there was another rumor here that I passed. Let me see if I can just find it. Uh, ah, Cameron, that's a good question. AFLW instead of base cards would be nice. I mean, I think if they haven't put AFLW in this one, that's supremacy. in supremacy. That could be a natural progression in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only my only consideration of that is logistics for aflw are really hard could, could you maybe like where, where would you go with it maybe you do a franchise because you got to remember supremacy consists so much of old content yep. and historical content that's almost a franchise future is the only card that's looking at current and forward the, so could you do a female franchise future maybe franchise the future? only problem is there's still so much hopping between teams yeah you know look for example is it taylor harris yeah. who you know has obviously that very famous kick yeah She's now been through three clubs in yeah, three years. True, yeah. So I know they would certainly not like to be releasing cards with different jerseys and jerseys. Yep. Um, but someone like Daisy Pierce, yep. who has been with Melbourne forever and a veteran, yeah, someone like that, you know, there's no reason why she couldn't find her way into yeah. a supremacy set yeah. at some point. And you would think as AFLW continues to become more mainstream in society and in general as its own sporting code, you know. Yep it will continue to get further representation across yep. all, all forms of merchandising, including trading cards. Uh, from Nick, Cena Ted Witten Jr. So we saw that as well. Yeah. That popped across our radar probably, I reckon, four to five months ago, maybe even yep. longer than that. Um, so I'm going to call that confirmed as well. Yep. Um, I would, you know, give a bit of a caveat here as well. When we say confirmed, it's confirmed that it's been cited. It doesn't mean they use the card. It doesn't mean it gets release. used in the release. So, yep. and we're certainly aware that all the card publishers, including the domestic ones in Australia, yep. create a multitude of different product which yep. can get used or not used for different releases. Absolutely. Um, so, oh, Pete Buchanan, yeah. you're right. Aaron Phillips too. Sorry, like, yeah. Um, obviously, I'm just thinking on the fly here, but there's probably a handful of female players that could get named. But Aaron Phillips, she's you know similar stat status to Daisy Pierce. Um, yeah, and look, again, we've seen the card signed. We've seen the leaked picture. Yeah. You know, there's a fair, you know, I couldn't read what was on it. It was definitely something moments, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and it looked like a, a picture of Ted Witten Sr. 
with the card signed by Ted Whitten Jr. Yeah. So maybe well, both of them together. Yeah. So is there, is there a father son thing going on yep. here or something along those lines? Ryan, I've seen your message. I'll call you after the potty. No worries. And I'm keen. Um, um, someone asked me if I want to go fishing tomorrow morning, guys. Your wife's Not gonna, card fishing. Your wife's going to be upset. Um, okay, let me have a look. Oh, Gat here with a prior a question. As breakers, do you think that the much higher price of the product would have an adverse effect on the price point breakers need to offer the punters? It would push the buy-in price through the roof. Look, we've talked about this a lot of times, not only, you know, we haven't done supremacy data yet, but Optimum, whether it's... Um, you know, prestige, all those sorts of things. Yeah, We are finding as there is more and more demand for these breaks and more and more punters that want to go in it and the stock is more expensive to acquire. A couple of times where we've predicted a ceiling would go, it has gone past that because yeah. the demand of the hunger for the product is increasing. There's also transitional people that are coming through yep. with a different level of expectation, whereas traditionally people participating in AFL breaks have always been used to paying low price points. So there's been a really low threshold or yep. a low price barrier as to where people could get to to create the ceiling. We've definitely noticed in the last six months with the huge shift coming across from other sports and also the TCG, the Pokemon world. Especially too. NBA. Yeah, but yep. especially NBA. The NBA people who go in NBA breaks are used to paying really significant amounts of money Hundreds to get into breaks. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, all of a sudden, when AFL breaks are costing between, let's say, 80 and 150 and they're filling really quickly, well, there's a lot of these new people who are involved there as well. So it's creating a new, a new, I wouldn't say a benchmark, but a new form of acceptance, like a line of acceptance. I don't even know how to really describe it, where yep. people's mindset's changing, but also along with that has to be the value of the cards and maybe not just the value of the biggest cards, but what you can get overall. So again, we go back to that term extracted value. Yep. What comes out of a box of optimum is warranted by the price point that people pay to get into a break because it's not just one type of case hit that you're chasing to get a return above the value of your buy and there's so much that you can actually get. Absolutely, and even if you look at old supremacy, there was obviously a few break pages that were breaking boxes of supremacy. You know, it was $100 a spot. Yeah. So that shows that, you know, across 18 teams, $1,800, the boxes are costing about $1,500 to buy. Yeah. You know, the breakers are still only making a couple of hundred before postage. Yeah. But they snap sell. I can't see, and obviously not knowing the price of Series 2 supremacy, I can't see how it's not going to be straight out of the gate around $100 a spot for a break to go into supremacy. I tend to totally agree. And we'll see once we put, do the proper... Once we see a checklist and get an understanding of the product we're working with and the product. But even regards to the checklist. Yeah, the reality no, is that's no what one, it works out to be at the moment. No one's going to have yeah. a case here, case there, case there. That's it's, right. it's going to be gonna one be so or two limited. box limited. Yeah. The price to buy boxes on the secondary market is going to be yeah. ferocious. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah. Luke James has said something really good here. Yeah. Sure. Read, read, it, read yeah. it out. So Luke James says, AFL is becoming unaffordable for the faint-hearted. Not saying that it's a bad thing, but it's becoming only a hobby for big wallets. Um there's definitely a lot of people feeling that way. Sure. All, all I would say in rebuttal to that, I suppose, or something to consider around that is when we first started the podcast a bit over 12 months ago, we talked about how immature AFL cards were as a marketplace compared to everything else yep. and both compared to other AFL sectors and other AFL, not other AFL, other card-related segments and other sports, but also as an industry. 
And as things have matured, it is also the demand has gone up, value has increased, but so is the offering. So a counterbalance to that is if you want to like compare AFL cards at the moment to something like an NBA or any American sports product, for, for example, and there's releases there for everyone and not all releases are affordable to all people. So the people who are buying NBA hoops and then maybe dig in and buy some Prism, for example, at a higher price point, are not going out and buying National Treasures or Noir or these products that are costing $5,000, $10,000 a box. And yep. I, I think AFL, it's been so accessible to everyone for so long that people still are, are adjusting in their mind and adjusting to what's taking place. But the reality is products, specialized products like a Supremacy or even a Series 2, such as Optimum, are not necessarily targeted at everyone and people shouldn't feel that they can't collect if they can't get that particular release. Sure. There's still a $2.99 price point product. There's still a 1.5 series release, what we'll call a prestige, that is more of a hobby product with more excitement and more fun. That's only slightly more than the cost of series one. But it's uh, but there's, know, but there's, we're but there's, all shifting in the way we collect but, based on what's but there's, taking there's, place. there's also within every release, there's different subsets. Yeah. And in the past where there was infinite stock around and basically at retail price or release price, yeah. you know, now the demand is stronger, everything we've talked about, you might not be able to go and collect all the dual signatures, Yeah. but you can go and collect all the specialist cards yeah. or whether it might be, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. There's something for everyone. We all want to collect everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, you know, there's restrictions of supply, price, yeah. all those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, Tim Wiggins, and that's Tim Wiggins exactly uh, what Tim has uh, just let, said. Let me read that out. You can't, you can't answer. You've got to read the out. True, true. I forget that so many people are listening yeah. after the show, not watching it. With um, the growing uh, cost of AFL cards, I've seen more people start to just target players rather than full team sets. I'm one of those people. And I think that's spot on, Tim, that that's a little bit of the the NBA psyche coming across too. Yeah. If you're, there's so many people that might collect LeBron. Yeah. or collect Lillard or whoever it is, but they don't go and collect all of the Lakers yeah. or all of... I don't know, yeah, Lillard's it's just it's, all, it's but, in a different yeah. way. And we've always talked about traditionally AFL collecting is majority team collectors. Yeah. And it could be team subset collectors or team master set collectors or, you know, everyone varies in the way they do things. And again, I think over time, everyone just needs to learn to, to be adapting on an ongoing basis to what's taking place collect what you can afford to collect what you enjoy and life. what you enjoy yep. what you know don't don't go beyond your means you know there's all, all these aspects that apply to regular everyday life should be applied in in trading cards and and, and, and as we've said many many times the the market is shifting um selective made really strong moves in making sure more product is getting direct to the people yeah that means more product is being opened there's more singles to buy there's breaks to go into there's more stores you can buy stuff from there's so many more opportunities to get the stock whereas in the past that just wasn't possible yeah and i suppose that probably again goes back i did want to say something earlier and I, it slipped my mind um yeah. when wayne anderson commented saying uh, are they trying to make product to cater to certain aspects? And in that case, breakers. I think, you know, selectors certainly disclosed publicly, uh, if not in words, by their actions over the last couple of years, that 
everything they're trying to do in terms of their distribution and disbursement model ultimately is lending to the notion of wanting to get the cards into the hands of collectors as easily and as fast as, as can be done. Yep, I agree. Um, that, that's their intention. What happens to the prices of those cards? I'm, I'm not sure that's their concern at this point. Their concern is how do we get it out there? And if that's a combination of going through bricks and mortar retail, which has effectively been closed for the better part of two years, online resale and online, on, online distribution, direct to customer sales through the website, traditional distribution models, news agents, whatever it is, they're doing it, or at least from what we can see and what we understand with the, the, the real ideology behind it of whatever it takes to get the cards opened out of those boxes and packets and not put away. We want the cards in collectors' hands, in people's hands. Yeah, and someone made a comment for it. It's too far up, I can't find it, that you know, it's selective balls up the, the distribution of Optimum. Well, I wouldn't say they, they've balls up. I think that people can collect and operate in the business cards any way they would like. When you go and buy four boxes or five of Optimum when you got your SEC, yeah. it might have been their choice to open two, go and sell three. And we've seen a lot of that. Of course. And whether it's trading cards for boxes or selling boxes or whatever it might be, you know, there are definitely some people in distribution channels that are perhaps not doing what they should be with stock, but you know, that's a select thing to deal with. Yeah. But I think as a whole, the amount of stock that is directly getting into the hands of consumers versus what it was three years ago is daylight, absolute daylight. Without yeah. knowing the numbers, um, I think that's the big change. And yeah. supremacy, we will probably see that because being that it's not a, it's not a hobby product, it's not a, it's not a wholesale product. Yeah. It's going effectively direct to consumers, however yeah. many boxes it is, straight away. Yeah. You know, I'm sure a few of the stores and a few people will get some stock, but I don't think anything's going to be at wholesale. You know, we we certainly as a business have not been told we're getting anything. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the other stores that we speak to are certainly saying the same as well. Yeah. Um, you know, 2019 supremacy was a bit different where Literally anyone could buy 20 cases. Well, you've got to remember, like, it just shows, and this, again, shows how far the hobbies come in literally two years. Like, literally two years almost to the day or to the week, yeah? Yep. Supremacy 2019, 10 cards a box, $500 a box, case for, case format of six boxes per case, 20 cases per customer. Yep. I'm pretty sure I know of maybe two or three people that bought 20 cases and two of them were resellers and one was a master set collector. Yep. Anyone else was buying boxes and not even cases. Like if we could all go back and I, I guarantee there's not one person on this stream right now who bought Supremacy in 2019 and bought a box or two that wouldn't say now if they could get the money together to have bought 20 cases, they would go back in time and buy 20 cases. Absolutely. And that sums everything up. Yep. The cost of something only is higher now because you're competing against more people that want it. Absolutely. It, it, it's no one doing it. No so, one's creating the problem. So, we, so we create it for ourselves. Here's a question for you. If we, what we think is one or two boxes that everyone's going to get from Supremacy, what percentage of that, if you're an SEC member, you get a couple of boxes, do you think you're opening those boxes or do you think they're flipping them? Because there's going to be huge resale value on these so, boxes. So this is going to be the really interesting thing with this release. Because if, as we expect, it's limited to one or two boxes, 
Well, I think there's a lot of people that sit there and go, yeah, I'm not opening my box on the first day. I'm waiting to see what pops up, and then I'm gonna mailman, mailman. I'm gonna offer my box for that that sick booklet or that card that I want. Yep. The urge, as we all know, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but most of you guys are sickos like me. It'll turn up, and you'll look at it, and you'll see someone else posting a photo of them opening one, and you'll open yours, and you want the thrill and the excitement because I think ultimately. And again, this is very much for the collectors. Part of the journey of trading cards is that physicality involved in it as well. And yeah, sure, you can live vicariously through people doing it for you in breaks and on camera and all that sort of stuff. But ultimately, you know, if, if I'm getting one box, I'm opening my one box. Sorry, oh, AJ. There's Shane. A yeah. chance to hit the big one will have people opening. Yeah. I absolutely agree, Shane. Shane actually, uh, since Shane's on the stream, I know he hasn't dropped his rumor into the comments yet, but I think we, we saw it today. And uh, yep. yeah, so that's, a, that's another one. And certainly on our rumor list, Shane uh, put out today, and we've heard it before a few times from a few different people, that the quad sig for this release is going to be related to, to uh, goal kickers and Tony Lockett, Doug Wade, Gary Ablett, and Jason Dunstall. Yep. From our perspective, it's still unconfirmed. Although Shano's so sure, he said, take your money to the bank yeah, on that to the one. Bank, he says. So we've heard a few, from a few different sources. Um, unconfirmed, but gee, if that's a, a legitimate card and that's coming, yep. well, that, that's serious stuff right there. And Robert, yes, we will be talking about cricket, breaking cricket, selling cricket, all that kind of stuff. Um, but as we soon as we've got some of it. End of November. So yep. we'll definitely talk about that when we have more information. Um, but yeah, that card that you just said, if that is true, yeah, I will... I think I could comfortably say that's a bigger card than the quad coaches booklet. Yeah, definitely. Because of the representation on the card. We're also at a different point. So take it to any bank. Yeah. Anthony so, Gay is saying, so oh, yeah. it's two people are saying, take it to the bank. Um, like what sort of value off the top of your head? Do you think a book like that number to 25 with it's just, so who was it? It's Ablett, Dunstall, Wade, Wade. And Lockett. Oh. It's huge for so many clubs and so many people. Like as a Saints collector, yeah, I want that card because of the Tony Lockett aspect of it. Assuming it's going to be numbered to twenty-five, like they were last time, even if it was numbered to fifty, it's still such a short print for what, what it was. Numbered to fifty, was it? No, it was numbered to twenty-five. Yeah, 25. I'm saying, let's just say hypothetically the production run increased, yeah, or doubled in production or something, it would still be so desirable. I remember last time, so the, the, the lead up to Supremacy was some newspaper articles that came out basically saying this release of AFL cards could produce the first ever $10,000 card. Now, it was very public. We saw one or two booklets change hands at $10,000. Yep. We definitely saw, I think it was the 01 booklet at the time, the quad coach, yep. changed hands for $10,000. That was in 2019. Can you imagine what that would be worth well, That's the thing. The hobby's grown like 300% since then. Yeah. It's grown really significantly since then. So, what does one of these cards become worth straight off the bat? We'd have to say it's got to be a ten to twenty k card. But again, does anyone have the money? Who to pay has that? the money to pay yeah. that? And does that mean it, it reaches into a whole different marketplace? Is that someone who's buying high end memorabilia that goes and buys a card like that as opposed to your average? trading card collector and so then does that open up a whole new channel for people coming into trading cards i think it does yeah because and i think that's what happened in 2019 as well yeah so you suddenly have a whole group of different people that may not be collectors but investors and speculators and nba is kind of ticked off the speculator part speculation yeah. part 
if you have people now that are going to start using his bankable investments, that's uh, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. So Jace Cremona, we might pop that one up on the screen. That's a good yeah. point. So Jason, obviously a big master set man and also a, a, a big uh, dealer, reseller yep. in terms of trading cards, been around for a long time. Um, definitely knows his stuff, so we can rely you gotta read, on it. you got to read it out. Jason has said, would not get changed from 200K for a Supremacy Master Set now. And if Jace is saying that, as someone who's actually chased down the Master Set, he would yep. probably know, and he would know what the current valuation is, which is quite amazing, because I would have said, Jason, again, you'll, you'll know better than me, to have completed the Master Set within four weeks of release in 2019, you would have done it for under 100 probably well under a hundred. Oh, I would have thought yeah, like maybe absolutely. like 50 to, to 70 or 50 to 80,000 sort of price yeah. range. So there weren't, there weren't many cards over a thousand again, dollars. So, so Jace, you know, does that mean that supremacy two, supremacy 2021 for the people trying to do master sets is the expectation that you're looking at a quarter of a million dollar master set here straight off the bat. Is that where it's at? And if so, that is quite a, a amazing <laughs> to consider. Like it's pretty mind blowing those sorts of numbers. But again, people don't realize the scale of money that's moving around in AFL cards at the Absolutely. moment. Our indicators were all showing and just, you know, it's a bit of market research, a bit of data for you guys, that from the day of release up until what, about eight or nine days ago, on average, we were seeing between the visibility of the breaks we could see, the online sales taking place and peer-to-peer -peer transactions, we were confident that there was roughly $50,000 a day changing hands for the better part of five weeks of optimum cards. Yeah, and that's 50, conservative. Conservative, $50,000 a day moving around, moving around every single day. Yeah. So it, it, it's by the time I guess at the end of the cycle of release, millions of dollars have moved around. And that's one of the critical things about the microeconomy of trading cards. Question here from our favorite YouTube follower, Sean. Hopefully the cards have a gold foil, seeing that the logo does. Oh. I mean, that's a good question. That's um, interesting. And is we noticed in the artwork today that it was, that gold. It was gold instead I hadn't of silver. Even thought about that. Good work, that's Sean. A really, that's a really good nice. point, Sean. Very that's nice. a really good point, Sean. Yep. And is that then the differentiator of what makes these cards look different? to 2019 so you can yeah. tell so you can yeah. tell good good sean sean i like it I do you like own selection yeah, do I you like own it. that's that's I a like good it. one uh i saw a sort of scary one here from our good friend christian dusty booklet can you take that to the bank well i don't want to look at my credit card a dusty <laughs> booklet. Like, i have not heard that rumor yet oh, christian but uh Tell us more. Show us more if uh, you've got yeah. the inside knowledge there. Absolutely. I, I, I can't even imagine that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's a lot of people say that Dusty won't sign and doesn't sign anything. Yeah. It rarely signs. So yeah. there's been a lot of talk of people shooting down the idea. Oh, hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Marty Davis, who we won't say where Marty Davis works, but... He's confirmed gold. He's confirming gold foil. Ladies and gentlemen. So... Is this a, is this a world exclusive so, right here? So Andrew? Marty Davis... How do we say this without Marty Davis sometimes has the ability to see player issue cards. Very up close and personal. Very up close and personal before yep. the release takes place. Yeah. So sometimes doesn't work at select, but is involved in the AFL. In the world. AFL community. So if Marty, Marty's confirming gold here. Wow, Sean, you're right. There you go. Marty Davis will give you credit for this. This is yep. a uh, an exclusive right here now on Card Authority. Yep. 
Yeah, nice. Jeez, I hope you're right here, Marty, and we're going to get hung out to dry. Yeah, Marty, this is all on you, right? <laughs> this is all on you, right? Um, yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. The quad will pay for some team sets in full. Well, not if there's a dusty booklet or what. I agree with you, though, Shane. Yeah. But I definitely think team sets will, will certainly be more expensive this time around. Um, yeah. I was talking to someone a couple of days ago. Oh, that's confirmed. If it's wrong, take it away. That's it. Yep. Um, I was definitely, I was talk, I've been talking about it a bit over the last few days with people saying that, remember back in 2019 when Supremacy came out, base cards, 15, 20, 25 bucks, maybe some superstars were going for 40 or $50 at the time. Yep. Now, your average players are up in the 70, 100 region. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff right into the into the hundreds now. So oh, it's, I don't know. I'm excited. We've all been getting revved up. After Prestige came out, everyone was just talking about how they were saving money for supremacy. They dropped the optimum bomb on us. Yep. We've all been caught up in optima, optimum land, yep. as we should be. Yep. Now they've given a signal to the hobby that what we all thought was coming oh, is coming. This is interesting for Tyrone. Interesting to see different foil colors within the set. Interesting. Interesting, Tyrone. So what do you think there, Tyrone? Elaborate for us. Mm. What are you thinking? Oh, how, does, how do you I feel? I say someone you... says the squid there from Supreme Breaks. Uh, what's the blue foiling on a lot of the cards we've seen leaked? I haven't seen any of the blue ones. Send me a picture, Squid, offline. Squiddy, show us a picture. But um, I haven't taken notice of the foil, to be honest. No, either This right. conversation, this pod is yeah. like now got me very intrigued. Oh, hang on a sec. Hang on. This is all coming out now. I know Franchise Future is definitely blue. Maybe they are all tiered colors. Wow. wow. Marty Davis, can you add to this conversation from what you've seen? Mm. Was it gold or was it blue? Because you're calling gold here. The squid saying blue. Yeah. So we can try by the end of this program work out. One of you guys is going to be right. Yeah, someone's going to be right here. Could be a deathmatch here, and uh, the Thunderdome could be on. Yeah, like um, it. This like is really it. interesting, though, the direction yeah. the conversation's going. So can here we go. Please Similar go. to number cards, blue foil representing number to twenty-five. So you, you, you're thinking Tyrone parallels. So the same thing that we've seen, obviously, in Prestige, let's say, at a really heavy level, but then we've seen the parallel concept applied to an extent with the DPSs. Yeah. So could it be like the white traditional cards when they're different colour foil as the parallels? Interesting. Mm, Is that what they're trying to tell us here? It makes sense. It would make sense. All right, hang on a sec. Diarchos. Hang on. Diakos Evers was blue, so work that one out. All, All right, right, guys. And then gold on at least one. All right. Everyone's saying parallels here. Parallels. Parallel sets. Why have you guys been hiding all this from yeah, us? What's going on? Why, did it, why did it take 40 minutes for yeah. to raise the idea of parallels? Yeah, okay. All right. Well, this... So now it's all starting to make sense then. Yeah, so why did he multiple colored foils? Is the parallels a proven method how you can create more product for people whilst retaining value maybe and giving yeah. more value yeah. have we seen that with optimum have hang we seen on, with maddie allen here we go maybe with different foil colors possibly more boxes, boxes in series one ah. you guys are you're a... i don't know if that ever produced more boxes of a hobby set than series one 
Series well, one's normally like tens of thousands of boxes. Yeah, I think it's like sixty thousand boxes and like six thousand cases. But maybe it's a way to take what we would call a specialist set. So yeah. we don't like you know, we classify series two as a hobby product. Yeah. I think to me, like a brilliance or a supremacy is a real specialized product. Yeah. Agree? Yeah. It's agree. even more specialist. Are they have they found a way based on what people are saying here to take a specialized product but give it the accessibility of a hobby product i mean because i'll tell you what people are talking about gold foils and blue foils someone has just said they've seen two cards from the same subset one is blue mm. and one is gold generally if you're going to change the colors of something you're changing the numbering and the red. All I will say, photos well. sometimes don't do justice. That's true. That is true. You know, especially with foil stuff, you can get nasty reflections. But either way, I... Ah, uh, Series 1 supremacy, he meant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, uh, it, you're right on it there. Yeah, you're right on interesting. it, interesting. Interesting. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, look, either way, it's going to be very exciting, and we've only got to wait, what was it, the 13th? So it's like two weeks, less than two weeks um, before we can go and get stuck into it and hopefully find more um i mean 54 minutes with um obviously it's just... andy booch all right the, he's, uh, andy's dropped a, a little bit of a joke in here but uh, it probably gives us an opportunity to talk about oh, something yeah. else yep okay yeah one, one of one, one degoey side yeah look the degoey situation is really interesting yeah because what does it mean for jordan degoey as a player and yep. for his cards well let's look at it instead of just a you know jordan degoey issue let's look at a broader thing when a player suddenly has their career to a halt, grinds to a halt, yeah. which is very rare in these days, or a player jumps teams, what happens to the values of those cards? Because with Supremacy, for example, last year, a handful of the booklets that were there last year, those in, in players... 2019, the players have moved clubs. That's right. So Danaher, Trelaw, it's really Lewis... It's a really interesting you know, situation. What what happens to the value of those cards, even though they're still numbered to 25, they're a teen-coloured yeah. booklet, what happens to those? I think there's so many variables involved, but I suppose the big one is, again, you know, in 2019, Collingwood was by far the biggest collected team with the highest value. Is the Trelaw booklet. Yeah, welcome to my life groups. 54 minutes and Jenks has spoken for 53. Yeah, I tried my hardest, people Anyway, what I was saying before yeah. AJ Free interrupted me there yeah. is that, uh, yeah, so the Trelaw at the time was pretty much the most sought after mm. and the most expensive one to find outside of the quad sig. Yep. He moved clubs. I'm assuming that that card, unless you're a, a new collector that's coming in to master set yep. or you're a pre-existing master set collector that doesn't have one yet, I'm not sure how desirable that card is for either Collingwood people who don't care about his future anymore or Bulldogs people who actually don't care about his past. Do you know what I mean? Like, So does that mean, say, there is a Dugowie side booklet in Supremacy? Yeah. And for whatever reason, things go pear-shaped over the next couple of weeks for him. Is that still going to be as a desirable card as it might have been two weeks ago? I don't know. It's yeah. It's probably it's. it's Have we ever seen a player movement happen and before a card, a, before a card is released? Yeah. Well, that's right. So what's going to happen? Because yeah. normally footy stars, the movements already happened. Yeah. So therefore, does if Dugowie's cards end up in the releases and he's let's say no, well, no well, longer an AFL player, for example, well, if he's already the patch booklet, I mean, what are they going to do? They're not going to go and 
you know, yeah, it's been released in five, yeah, right. six okay, weeks. Been, yeah, that's right. Well, we know it's all in the pellets out the back here packed up. Yeah, so, of yeah. Um, so Trent Cause has said something there that I absolutely relate to because I'm in the same boat as you, Trenner. Okay. So Trent says, blanket rule, don't collect any cards of Hawks players in other uniforms pre or post Hawthorne career. And I am from the school of Trent Cause because okay. I am the same. My parameters for my collecting uh, isn't it within my St Kilda Master set is not in other teams' colours unless it's like junior sides, Victorian sides or whatever it is. So Future Force qualifies for my, my sets. Yep. But St Kilda players in other teams does not qualify and St Kilda players in Future don't either. So I don't have any Jack Stephen Geelong cards in my set, for example. Yep. I don't have any Brad Hill non-St Kilda cards in my set. Okay. I don't have any Paddy Ryder non-St Kilda cards in my set. Yep. Would I like? I wouldn't mind a Paddy. I actually have a couple of Paddy Ryder patches because would you they have red, white, and black. But, but would you get his booklet? No, his booklet doesn't appeal to me. I I'm scared that if I open that can of worms, it becomes uh, too deep for me. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So that will be certainly something to watch because this this is a an interesting case situation that has never happened never ever happened where a player potentially is not going to be around just before a release happens yeah so it's going to be really super interesting to see what happens yeah um all right we're at the one hour mark all right we've got unicorn hunting now now unicorn hunting is a little bit different this week as we all know it is melbourne cup day tomorrow so instead of instead of looking for a unicorn i'm going to hopefully help you catch a unicorn tomorrow it is melbourne cup day and i stress that you know 18 plus gamble responsibly don't do anything silly but it's melbourne cup day everyone likes to have a punt so i have come up with some tips because <laughs> tips to replace unicorn hunting. well i mean that's what you call it <laughs> unicorn catching you know um i didn't ask jenks for any tips I'm because Jenks possibly is the worst. Well, no, there's the worst, and then there's worse, worse, <laughs> worse than the worst. So we'll leave the tipping up to me. Oh. All right. So tomorrow, obviously, the favorite is going to be looking really good. Incentivize. Um, you're going to get two dollars eighty or so. Um, <laughs> but but there are a few promos around a few places that for he's going to win by a length or a margin. Um, he had the fastest last. 600, 400, 200 at Caulfield. He is probably going to gap them tomorrow. So he's probably pretty good if you can find sort of $4 for him. But for a bit of value, and I know Jenks likes a value. Yeah, we might do some of those sideline series horse uh, cards. But uh, number seven, Delphi at $19. <laughs> That's my niece's name. Yeah, $19. Oh, I'll have to get on that. Uh, an international runner, Great House at $21. That's number 23. And number 22, Floating Artist at $13. So uh, nice little trifecta of Thank first Thank you very much to Andrew from Sportsbet. Um, so, yeah. Look, obviously, <laughs> gamble responsibly. I know it's Melbourne Cup Day. It's just a bit of fun, but we'll post these somewhere yeah. if you want. And it does message. connect to trading cards because, as Martin Davis says, there's a set called the Sideline Series, which has a yep. bunch of horse racing-related cards. Yeah. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a great show. It's been a great show. Thank We're you, going to be back in the next couple of weeks. There's obviously more information is going to come to light. Well, hey, so we're we, sure more leaks are going to happen. Yeah. So, look, we will, if we're not back next week, we will definitely be back on the night of the 13th. Yeah. 
Well, 100%. We'll yeah, be we'll back. be back on 9th. But if anything big happens before then, we'll yep. be back for that as well. Yep. So have a great Melbourne Cup day. Good luck. Start preparing. Get excited for Supremacy. There's still plenty of great Optimum cards getting out there. It's a good time sure to is. build your sets while people are looking to uh, sell off a few things. But um, be safe. Be kind to each other. Don't be shit. Have a fun day tomorrow. Yeah. Jenks, excellent as always. AJ, you, you're just my hero. But thanks. <laughs> Thank but, you guys. Also, thanks, everyone. Well, thanks great for great questions tonight. Fantastic. Yeah. And we look forward to chatting with you more about supremacy. And we can't wait to see where everyone's predictions and rumors and what we've heard really ends up in a let's couple see of who's weeks. Right. Yeah, let's see who's right. Yep. Yep. It's going to be great. All right. Thanks, guys. Have thanks, a great guys. night. Ciao.